Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon, if you love your boxing and you love your MMA, particularly MMA this week, maybe, uh, this is the show for you, Final Extra, where we bring you all the latest from the world of combat sports. Joining me, as always, is Talk Sports Gareth A. Davis for look, another busy, busy show. Let me tell you what we've got coming up. We're trying to unpack what on earth is going on with the potential fight between Tyson Fury and Dillian White. Eddie Hearn thinks it's on. Bob Arum says it isn't. We'll discuss if it is going to happen or not this year. We'll also hear from George Cambosos Jr. and what he's expecting from 2022. He spoke with TalkSport over the weekend. There is a huge, and when I say huge, I mean huge in every sense of the word, fight on Saturday in the UFC between heavyweight Kings Francis Ngannou and Cyril Garn. We'll get stuck into that one. I think one of the biggest heavyweight fights since Brock Lesnar, Alistair Overeem. That's how big this one is. And one of the biggest names in British MMA, world MMA, Michael Vedden Page, will join us live as well. Busy show. Don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. All right, let's waste no time. Let's get stuck into this one. Uh, let's welcome the great Gareth A. Davis first. Gareth, how are you, my man? I'm very well, sir. Very well. Cold today. It's a cold day. It's one of those grim January days, and I cannot wait for the end of it. Even though <laughs> uh, MMA is going ahead, we're waiting for February for boxing. But, you know, by the time that comes around, we'll be cycling, paddle boarding. We'll be running in our jogging pants with no tops on it'll be so warm it's horrible this weather it really is honestly you're right it's disgusting but you know everyone that's listening that is a bit cold this show right now will warm you up i'm telling you because we've got yeah. loads to come on the show look we, Gareth, can you shed any light on what's going on with, with this fury dillian white thing i know the purse bids are now this friday which will be interesting i mean anything can happen there we know that Trinner could get involved anyone could chuck in a lot of money can you kind of tell us what's going on you did speak to bob didn't you uh, on the weekend I did. I've spoken to Frank Warren in the last 10 days. I've spoken to Bob Arum in the last three or four days. And I spoke to Eddie Hearn just before I spoke to, to Frank Warren. Um, I've had the take on all three guys. And look, I mean, we can take from the fact that there's been 
um, a negotiation extension on the purse bid, or a, at least a purse bid extension. It's high noon, isn't it? High noon in Mexico mm. um, on Friday afternoon um, with the purse bids being moved for a second time. It does mean, Eddie, that they are both asking, uh, both teams are asking because there's things going on in the background. Um, I think, as I mentioned to you before, I think Bob Arum and um, and Frank Warren are playing hardball over the figure. Yeah. Um, I think they've got, Frank has said to us, without putting uh, an actual number on it, mm. that they know what the price of the fight is, and I think they're sticking to their 80-20. Whether that changes slightly and, you know, uh, Dillian White's get, get some kind of downside maybe on, on the fight, whether it's tickets or something, well, they come to some kind of agreement. That is possible for Friday. But there's optimism and there's pessimism, as you say. Mm -hmm. Frank Warren and Bob Arum are saying, no, we want Tyson Fury out in March. We want to get him out there. We want to get him back in training. There's always videos about that he looked blubbery uh, doing body sparring with, with Joseph Parker. But that's nothing with Tyson Fury. We know he can be big and still box properly. Um, but they, do, they won't want to wait till May for a fight. So those purse bids... On Friday are very important as well. I, I mean, like you say, someone like Triller's coming in, they're going to be throwing 25, 30 million at it. Easy. Because otherwise, yeah, because uh, it's a very big fight with a lot of money and Tyson Fury demands uh, a big purse. The only other thing I would add was that on Saturday night, on fight night, when Bob Aaron spoke to us around midnight, he also mentioned the names Robert Hellanius and Manuel Char. I, I, need a, and, I, need, I nearly had a heart attack when I heard the Manuel Char. I was listening into the show and I was going to yeah. call in. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll never call Shoot, in. Call, call in next in. time. I might do call that. Call in next time yeah. and have a rant. Yeah, I was yeah. getting call to honestly, I was close. I would never been so close to calling in my life when he said <laughs> Manuel Char. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I fell off my stool. Yeah. I did fall off my stool. I'll be honest with you. No one wants to see that, Eddie. No mm. one wants to see that. And, and you know, Tyson Fury doesn't want a treading water fight. He wants to get up for a proper fight. We know what happens um, when he fights people that he's got nothing to... Remember when he picked up Sefer Safiri oh, like a bride God. over an altar at the way and, and gave him a kiss? I can't stand exactly. it. I can't stand it. Let's hear we, from Bob Arum. Uh, look, you spoke to him, as you say, on the weekend. This is what he had to say as well. Well, if Dylan White is not going to fight, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, obviously, we're not going to keep Tyson Fury. Not going to make him pay the price of waiting. Fury wants to fight and wants to fight sooner rather than later. And we can look around, get a, a good, decent opponent for him to fight uh, if, uh, if White isn't available. Who, who, who's in, can you say who's in the frame for that, if that... If that white fight doesn't go ahead, well, you got guys like uh, Hellenius uh, and Char. Uh, you know, and you just look at the rankings and pick a couple of fighters from the rankings who would make decent opponents. CEO of Top Rank there, Bob Aaron, speaking to Gareth A. Davis on the weekend, where he mentioned uh, Manuel Char, and it, trust me, that name started trending on social media when people heard that interview but look he's a name he's coming off a win yeah he is coming off a win but no uh, Tyson Fury the lineal number one heavyweight in the world should not be fighting Manuel Char uh, I just want to quickly go back to, to what you said about Frank when they said they know what the value of the fight is so they know the numbers I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's two different values isn't there there's the value of what it is in America and there's the value of the fight here 
And I'm guessing those figures could be slightly different. The fight might be more valuable over here because I feel like it could do, in terms of gate receipts, it could do a stadium here. I know America's got the big ones and the casinos, and I get that, but I feel like the fight is bigger over here. I can't see how Tyson Fury versus Dylan White, two Brits. I know Tyson Fury's built up the reputation and everyone knows who he is now. I can't see it doing great numbers in America. No, it's not an American fight, Adia. It's as simple as that. Dillian yeah. White's not a name in America at all. Mm. Fans have got to travel. There's still a lot of insecurity, isn't there? Around thousands and thousands of people traveling to the, you know, the, the COVID-19 is still there. It's still a it's still a stumbling block. It's an obstacle in the way of people traveling in some ways, of course, and, you know, people catching COVID and all those kind of things. So, um, no, it's a, it's a, it's a fight in Britain. Bob Adam, Bob Aram rather has made, I know they call him Bob Adamant, yeah. then, but, the, <laughs> but he is that, but he is Bob Adamant Aram about this at the moment, that it's a UK fight. Mm, good. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, I, having heard Manuel, the name Manuel Char again, then I feel like going on a rant because no one, wants to see Tyson Fury oh, fight Manuel Char. You know, you know, it's it, that's that's a behind closed doors fight. It's, a, <laughs> it's not a fight anyone wants to see. Manuel Char doesn't deserve a fight against Tyson Fury. Yeah. Tyson Fury doesn't deserve to be thrown in against a Manuel Char. It's the wrong fight at the wrong time, you know, in the wrong place for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, come on, guys, swallow it. Um, people are, uh, are divided over, you know, should Dillian White be getting 45-55? No, he shouldn't. Mm. He's won the, the the interim title. He was mandatory. He lost the interim title. He won it back again. You know, take the fight, for God's sake. Go for the glory. Go for the glory. I, if you I've believe you can beat Tyson this. Fury, go for the glory. Get in there and beat Tyson Fury, and then command a huge purse in the second fight. 100% agree with you, Gareth. All these fighters, and look, I, I get it. If you know your worth, go out there and get your worth. I'm not going to try and tell you, you know, what you should and shouldn't be getting. But if you're so confident, it's almost a bit like the Canelo situation as well. If you're so confident, beat him in the rematch you're going to get everything. You're going to get everything you wanted. Sometimes I wonder if it's the confidence where they, you're not really that sure, are you? You're going to do Tyson Fury. 20% is still 20% of something, not nothing. There's no other fight, apart from maybe if AJ doesn't fight Usyk, and we might touch on that one, there's no other fight where Dylan White can fight someone and make the kind of money he's going to make against Tyson Fury. He, he's got to take the fight because this will be the second time now because people will reference the fact he turned down the fight against AJ a couple of years ago at Wembley when he said he didn't like something in the rematch clause. I'm like, why are you worrying about the rematch clause? Just get in there and do your business. And he's well, not Dillian, doing it. Yeah, well, Dillian told me privately about the, you know, I mean, it wasn't off the record, but he told me that the conditions weren't right for the Anthony Joshua fight. He wanted a longer camp, this, that, mm. and the other. You know, look, He's waited so long yeah. that I think there's a there's a there's a stubbornness and a persistence that he wants his conditions. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. Take it. Yes, of course. Um, at this level, uh, his stage in his career, he's got to earn big, um, and he is a box office fighter. There's no doubt about it. But he's not the same box office as Tyson Fury. Uh, he deserves a shot at the title. Take it now before it all falls apart. And. You know, if it doesn't happen and Fury decides he's going to vacate the title and fight Usyk, if Usyk beats Joshua or fights Joshua, um, take the opportunity while it's there. And I hope, 
I truly hope, Eddie, by Friday we'll get a resolution on this and that we don't, that the purse bids don't send it sideways into a weird scenario where we're waiting till the end of May because someone wants to stage it. As you say, in a stadium outdoors, they're going to wait for warm weather because, you know, um, it could get hamstrung by someone else coming in for a bid. Like you said, um, Teofimo Lopez and the Cambosos fight, you know, you know, that was Triller six, seven times that oh, when they'd won the purse bid, that was on off. I know we're going to hear from George Cambosos soon. He was brilliant with us on Saturday night. He's a phenomenal man. Mm. Um, again, a guy with clarity about what he wants to do. Yep, yep. I really hope we get some resolution. And of course, on the heavyweights, find out very soon whom Anthony Joshua has chosen for his training camp, you know? Um, is it going to be Ronnie Shields? Is it going to be Eddie Reynoso? Is it going to be Virgil Hunter? You know, is it going to be someone new? Is it going to be a Ben Davison? I remember asking Ben whether he would train Anthony Joshua. And I'm sure he could improve things for Anthony Joshua. Don't know, something could come in from left field. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, we, we need some answers. Those are the two big things in the heavyweight division right now. Anthony Joshua's training team, an announcement of a date for Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua, which they're telling me is coming close now. And also this resolution on Friday over the purse bids. You know what? And very quickly on this one, Gareth, what, what I hate, and I guess what fans hate as well now, is when it takes so long like this, where, where the big fights, and we are talking the biggest fights here, not being announced, what you do get is fighters not being inactive. Uh, Tyson Fury won fight last year. Obviously, we understand what happened with all the AJ fight. Will it happen? And Wilder fight? Will it happen? AJ won fight last year. I mean, these are superstars. And we need to see them. Like, I'm greedy. I want to see them in the ring three times a year. I mean, Canelo can give you three fights and four fights nearly in, in, in 14 months. Why can't the heavyweights do it? And I think the longer it takes, the more I feel like we're just going to see them once, aren't we? It's almost like we're going to only what? see this once, maximum twice, if we're lucky. Yeah, exactly. Twice is the max. I mean, Canelo's the exception to the rule and he's <laughs> yeah. wanted to change things up. And, you know, we may well see him fight three or even four times mm. uh, this year. But um, no, they'll fight twice this year. And, you know, hopefully Bob Arum, as he said again on Saturday night, which we didn't hear there from him just then, um, he does believe there'll be an undisputed title by the end of the late summer this year. Interesting. That's good. That's a good way to go into the break. All right, this is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Remember, still to come, we are going to be discussing the huge heavyweight title fight at UFC 270 this weekend, and we'll be joined by another superstar from the MMA world as well, Michael Venom Page. But next, we are going to hear from George Cambosos Jr., and we're also going to round up the rest of the headlines across boxing as well. He's still undefeated. still zoned in, I know there's more challenges to come, but you can see me walking to that ring. You know, I'm a Spartan warrior. You know, I stayed focused, I went in there, stood on top of that, that, that ring and took them all in the eye and said, okay, you're gonna see what I'll do tonight. And you know, throughout the 12 rounds, the adversity, the, the cut, knockdown as well, I stayed focused. I had a game plan and um, you know, we won that fight. How can you not love George Cambosis? You can't, if you're a boxing fan, you love these stories, you really do, big upset in 2021 one of the biggest um, him beating Tiafimo Lopez everyone was favouring Tiafimo I mean everyone right Tiafimo was going to do this then go up to 140 fight Josh Taylor Cambosos was like oh hold on a second and really put on an absolutely fantastic performance but 
Uh, Gareth, what I like the most about George Cambosos is not even in the win. It's the aftermath of the win, the way yeah. he done the media around. You see him on Joe Rogan's yeah. podcast. He went everywhere, didn't he? He went to basketball events. He really put himself out there. I think he stayed an extra four weeks in the States, and then he went home. And I was like, you know what? You're doing it correctly. I love everything about George. Well, when he joined us at the top of the show on Saturday night, Abby, mm. it, was, it was very self-evident that he really desperately wanted to get home after training camp and see his kids. Yeah. And, you know, but he did the due diligence. And I think, you know, um, I, I love the clarity of the man. You know, he, he's taken his opportunity when it came along. He was underestimated, as you say, by everyone, but but noticeably underestimated by Tio Lopez on the night, who thought he could just go in there and blast him out. And George had a game plan and, and, and he believed in himself. And his self-belief is one of the strongest things that he's got, mm. um, apart from his boxing ability, of course, and, and, and what he's done. Um, and and um, I mean, I loved speaking to him on Saturday night in terms of him explaining. Um, I, I wanted to delve, as you know, I love the warrior DNA. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to delve into the ancestry from Sparta <laughs> yes. uh, and talk to him about Ogoga. The, um, the, the the principles that they went through to create this amazing army, obviously made famous by the, the film 300. Everybody knows about it in popular culture now because of the graphic novel. But, um, you know, this 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 DNA that he's got in him that from from the from the Spartan warriors 500 mm. BC they were the they were the greatest warriors in the world at the time you know in, in history so the phalanx of Spartans and um, I love the way George draws on all of that but he's such an Aussie as well you know um, so clear-minded sportsman through and through we had a little laugh about the ashes on Saturday night because England obviously are getting pummeled over there or have been pummeled and I said well when you get Devin Haney or whoever it is over there, maybe we could just call it the smashes in front of 80,000 people. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, you mentioned his confidence there, and he does remind me a lot of when Connor first entered the UFC. That kind of confidence, that clarity, that vision, knows exactly what he wants and what he's going to get. It really was. You mentioned Devin Haney there. Look, it could be Devin Haney next. It could be Vasily Lomachenko in Australia. Uh, this is what George Cambosos had to say when you spoke to him on the weekend about the fight against Devin Haney. Like I said, I love to, uh, to absolutely destroy Devin Haney. You know, I don't, I don't see him as a serious threat. Um, you know, I love that fight. Love the Lomachenko fight. And again, the ball's also in, in their court, in the promoter's court. You know, these guys have to come with, with, with a big offer, as they say that they will. Um, let's see what the offer is. And then from there, we, we move forward. Because again, the motivation is not, you know, purely the money. But the motivation is setting up my family and, and uh, being given, you know, what I've earned. So, um you know, we, we are waiting to see how, how serious these guys are and uh, how serious they, they want the fight because, like I said, um, I really, I can do what I want. I've got all the belts and, um, you know, I could fight anybody, but I want to fight the biggest and best names in the world of boxing. I want to keep being the best. And, um, you know, like I had said to Eddie Hearn, there is no tune-up fights. I'm coming for the, for the best. And if that's your boy, then uh, no problem. We'll take him out today if we have to. I love the confidence of him. I, I really do. Uh, look, uh, likely it will be Devin Haney. I mean, those two have started their little back and forth on social media as well. Devin Haney uh, recognised, and he's got the WBC belt, hasn't he? The way in which he got it, people might not agree with, but look, he's got the WBC belt. So it's an undisputed fight if it does happen. That's the most likely one. Uh, Loma has said he will go to Australia as well. I think George probably... <laughs> Of all the fights, I think George would prefer Devon than Loma. Uh, which one do you think is likely, though, Gareth? Well, it'll all come down to the negotiations. Obviously, Lomachenko is a Bob Arum fighter. Mm. And um, 
and Devin Haney as a, an Eddie Hearn fighter. There's a big opportunity there, I think, against Devin Haney. Styles make fights. Yep. And I think Lomachenko is the trickier fighter. Devin Haney's a tricky fighter as well. But the, the, the thing is for George in this fight, I'm, I mean, I love the talk that he's delivering. As I say, Styles make fights. And he's going to have to turn this into more of a war. Um, uh, he counterpunched Tiafimo Lopez and Lopez made it easier for him in a sense early in the fight. Whereas against Devin Haney, George might decide to take it to him early. Devin Haney hasn't looked good when he's under pressure at times, um, uh, even though it was a very fine performance last time out. Um, I just think that, I think the Haney fight is there. Lomachenko is a bigger name. Um, but I think what Cambosos wants is that massive homecoming fight. It hasn't fought in Australia, by the way, for five years. He's been all wow. over the world fighting. Um, absolute road warrior. Yes. Globetrotter and road warrior. And I love the road warriors. Usyk did it. Mm. Alexander Usyk did it. The hold of the um, WBA, IBF and WBO heavyweight belts, of course. The man who beat Anthony Joshua for the, for the uninitiated listening uh, on September the 25th at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And, and very often... Fighters are better on the road, but I think Cambosos is gathering himself for a monumental performance in front of his countrymen because he's been so brilliant received since he went home. It's one of the greatest performances, I think, in the history of Australian boxers Agreed. when he beat Tiafimo Lopez. 100%. No, 100%. And look, fingers crossed he can get, because he is talking about a stadium fight with potentially 60,000, 70,000 people yep. as the homecoming yep. fight, and that's something special. You mentioned Bob Arum there, and I want to move on if we can. Uh, Gareth, to talk about a few stories, a few headlines that have made the news in the last week. Uh, the big one, I think, that came out this week, or it could have been at the back end of last week, apologies, was Terence Crawford. Uh, he's accused Bob Arum of revolting racist bias in a lawsuit that they filed on Wednesday against, obviously, his former promoter. Uh, Bob Arum spoke about it already, and he said, look, uh, it's frivolous. Uh, whilst the accusations of racism and racial bias were reckless and indefensible, um, look, it's always a difficult subject to talk about, but what would you make of this? Again, look, their relationship obviously has come to an end. It did after um, after Terence Crawford's last fight. Um, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect this at all. But look, Terence Crawford's obviously, if he's going legal with it, he might have some stuff there that he, you know he's going to shed and bring to light. But it's an interesting lawsuit. Well, look, as Bob Arum said to me on Saturday night, I raised it with him. That, that he was very surprised by it. Um, it was something that came out of the blue. Um, he's never had any of these kind of accusations towards him. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Terence Crawford has earned big. Bob said it, it's it's uh, lawyer speak, he believes in his mind. Mm. Um, Crawford seeking in excess of 5.4 million. Um, obviously, he earned hugely um with uh his recent fights uh six million dollars for the sean porter fight 3.5 million for the kelbrook fight 4.8 million for the fight with amir khan wow. 4 million for the matchup with uh uh igas Kavalyauskas. um look um he's got his own reasons for saying this yeah um bob i've known for 30 years um and you know when i look back at bob's history in the sport daddy um you know his first boxer was Muhammad Ali. Um, he's, he's promoted Marvin Hagler. I'm obviously mentioning fighters of, of African-American descent here. Um, Floyd Mayweather Jr. Um, and, you know, people like George Foreman, Muhammad Ali's daughter, Bob mentioned this, have come out in support of him that they'd never had any undertones from Bob before. Um, he said he's got used to these things in, in boxing, that weird things come out, and he doesn't feel like 
you know, it, it was obviously at pains to point out he couldn't say too much because it's, it's a lawsuit. So um, it's a very odd one. Um, and I, I think, I think, you know, without getting myself stuck in this as well, Terence Crawford's got his own view on things. And if he feels that way, that's how he feels. We, you know, we went through Black Lives Matters, didn't we, in, in lockdown? Um, and we all thought very hard and deep and, and intensely and rightly so about, um, about our world and, and how we treat each other and how people of colour feel. And it's, you know, as I call myself a white person here, but a travelled man, a man of the world, mm -hmm. it's very important to understand how other people feel. Maybe Bob will learn something from it. Um, but I'm, I'm saddened by it in lots of ways um, because you never like to see a, a promotional relationship go wrong. I mean, they were together for nearly 10 years. Yeah, and, and Terence rose with with bob so it's a, it's a strange one but i've never heard bob accused of uh, of, of using racist undertones before and i've not experienced it within myself yeah terence went on to say something along the lines of uh, his racial uh bias towards him is the reason why he's not promoted terence well and look promotion's one thing but i've, I've always said and i'm one of the biggest fans of terence crawford you need to do a bit of promoting yourself long long have gone the days of a promoter solely doing all the work to promote you've got to promote yourself and every time i see terence behind the scenes fantastic colorful engaging laughing funny once the bright lights are on the big cameras are on terence you, you don't really see that personality so i think it's a i think it's a bit of both i think maybe bob could have pushed the envelope a bit more in promoting terence i think terence could have done a lot more himself as well in getting himself out there and promoting himself as well all right this is final extra on Talksport. do still to come we are going to be joined by michael venom page big fight coming up for him in may in london as well which is very very good but next we're talking ufc 270 and francis Ngano versus cyril gone my business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I do not have any problem with Gunn. But he was with Fernand 
which lately been trying some nasty stuff. When people will realize who is friends in Geno, they will get shot. This is not a good guy. We spent like five years together. When you become someone, help people. Being your coach means that I have to bring the truth. If I feel like you have a ego problem, I say you have a ego problem. If you don't like it, no problem. We cannot work anymore together. We've already seen some footage of them guys duking it out in the sparring in the gym. You know what's crazy here? Zero gun just elbowed Francis in the face. They're in practice. This video came out, but they also have some video that the Syrian getting knocked down in the sparring. They came up on the scene together. They were main sparring partners. They got a feel for each other. I'm sure they get that video, but they didn't send out. <laughs> This is Fighter Extra. Oh, I'll talk to myself, Adam Depot, the great Gareth A. Davis as well. All right, let's switch our attention to MMA. Uh, what a weekend we've got. Uh, we have UFC 270, the big boys, Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Garn. Two guys that have to cut weight to make the limit. Two guys that, have to, that walk around 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, this is what you want, right? I mean, you've got the interim champion. I don't like that title, by the way. We've got the interim champion in Cyril Garn versus the real champion in Francis Ngannou, former teammates. We've seen this kind of fights before. You think of years ago, John Jones versus Rashad Evans. This is kind of it again right now. You know, it's very similar to that, actually. When everyone was saying, uh, Gareth, that I remember when Rashad Evans was like, John, you're fake. You're not showing your real self, John. And no one really at the time believed Rashad. He was right, wasn't he? I mean, he really was right. Um, are you excited about this one, Gareth, as much as I am? Yeah, very excited, of course, because both men... You know, as you say, they're huge individuals. They cut to 265 pounds. They're mm. giant human beings. <laughs> yeah. They're both heavy punchers, both with massive knockout ratios in their wins. Obviously, Cyril and Gon hasn't lost a fight yet, of course, mm. uh, in his MMA career. He's a brilliant Muay Thai specialist. He's a striker, naturally. Um, Francis Ngannou is the same. They both have a kind of, um, you know, French or African-French, French-African uh, heritage. Um, I love the the, the story of um, Ganu. He's one of the most gentle human beings you could ever meet. Um, you know, I saw him drinking his cup of tea, being punched in the belly earlier. Did you see that video? I have it's seen very, it. Yeah. Very funny. He's drinking his cup of tea, and you think, why is where is he? In a small earthquake somewhere, and he's just shaking. <laughs> and then the camera pans down. There's some little fella giving him heavy punches to the belly, and he's not barely moving. Um, mm. Look, it's a fantastic fight. I think. You know, it's four years since I witnessed Francis and Derek Lewis fight where they, they couldn't oh, land a I think it was 19 strikes thrown in 15 minutes of fighting. I, 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 as, as, I as I said to someone at the time, um, I've used this line before. It was given to me by the great um, historian Burt Randolph Sugar. I, I, I sat there and watched two rounds and I and someone said, what do you think is going on here? I said, well, look, wake me up when the fight breaks out, you know, because... Mm. Um, it was a weird night, but, um, you know, I think he's five or six winning streak at the moment, Francis. He's yep. starting to talk the talk. He's become a big figure over this last year and a half. He, he's used social media. He, he's never steps outside the boundaries of who he is. Um, he's a gentleman fighter with an extraordinary backstory. Cyril Ngarn is a very brooding, dangerous individual. Um, I, I think... It weirdly on this one, the reason I mentioned the Derek Lewis Francis Ngannou fight is, I think this is going to be a really cagey fight with with miniature explosions, and I genuinely think it's a 50 50 
you know, who land, he who lands first yeah. lands in this one. I mean, will one of them try and take the other down? Either? No chance. Um, will, you, will you say that? But I have watched some brilliant fights from history where they're both strikers mm. and it just, they decide to equalise each other out by going for a single or double leg takedown and then they stay on the ground for a round. Um, you know, I, I think it's a great shame it's not taking place in Paris, France. Um, and then it's obviously in, in the Anaheim Centre, the Honda Centre in Anaheim in California. I think it would have been an ideal fight to have in France and get the European fans there. Mm. Um, I can't pick a winner, if I'm honest, but it would not surprise me if Cyril, Ng- uh, Cyril I call him Ngannou, um, Cyril Ghan um, took the victory in this because, you know, I think Ngannou's he's the 35. Fighter. I think he is. He is he's the, the more, yeah, Ghan, yeah. exactly. Exactly. He is the better all-round fighter. He's the more um, rounded mm. martial artist. But of course, it's exciting. It's a, it's a great card as well. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the the, the trilogy fight between Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueroa. Should be great. Uh, Figueredo, rather, as well, you know. And, um, you know, it, I will be awake at 4 a.m. watching that one on, on Sunday morning. There is no question about it. Yeah, it's always the big artist out from these uh, American fight cards. But you, again, it's one of those... Not ones, for one like that. No, I agree. It's one of those <laughs> ones you, you don't want to wake up and find out the result and not have no. watched it live. Uh, Gareth, I mean, look, we're, we're hardcore fight fans, so we're always going to watch anything that comes on. I just feel like... The UFC haven't done the best job in pushing this. I, I don't know what it is, but I always try and to I always try I always try and gauge a big fight by when a friend of mine who's a casual fight fan will ask me something about it, and, and they've not yet spoke to me about Cyril Garn versus Francis and Garn. I'm like, that means it's not yet got to them. They don't know about it. It's not got to them because anything else, any other big fight, they they ask me, oh Addy, what do you think? Or are you staying up to watch it? And they haven't asked me about this one. And I think, and I mentioned it at the top, I think it's the biggest heavyweight fight since Alistair Overeem Brock Lesnar. And that wasn't even a title fight, but that was a massive fight. It was huge. And I still don't think it's been given the right push. Now, it could be because of Francis Ngannou and he's standoff with the UFC regarding pay. It could be because maybe Cyril Garn doesn't speak the best English and they kind of push him. I, I don't know what it is, but for me, from the outside looking in, I don't think it's got the push it deserves for what I think is one of the greatest heavyweight fights in the last 15 years in the UFC. Yeah, well, look, you've got to be honest about this. Cyril Ngarn isn't the biggest name in sports. Um, he's kind of crept up over the last two years, really. Victories, yeah. you know, if you go back to, you know, he's only, he's 10 and 0, isn't he? Mm. Um, you know, um, and I think if you go back to December 2020, when he beat Junior Dos Santos, yep. then he beat Jairzinho Reisenstruck and Volkov, Alexander Volkov, good Volkov wins, and obviously good wins. the Derek Lewis, they are, but um, the, the, the UFC heavyweight division is is weird. Look, Bros, Brock Lesnar, of course, a guy who I really enjoyed working around years ago, um, massive star, brought a whole new audience to the UFC at the time. And, you know, there there was a resonance about him. And Cain Velasquez was the smaller champion at the time. And, you know, there were great battles going on. And I think, you know, I think if you go back to the Cormier-Stipe Miocic fights that 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 had a resonance about it but there hasn't been a massive excitement about the heavyweight division I'll tell you what would have been the 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 spanner in the world I know I know the the light for the fire would have been had John Jones talking about with these guys and that would have elevated the whole division because you'd have been looking at this and thinking well how would John Jones fare against him or how would John Jones fare against Ngannou fighting in that style against Ngannou so 
for me, it, uh, look, um, the, 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 the predication for the UFC is that they, they build their stars quickly and they are shooting stars when they come through. And Garn is one of those. And, you know, who knows whether he'll be able to hold the belt if he wins it more than two or three times. Um, if it's a brilliant fight where one's down and the other's down, probably we'll get a rematch because, like you say, they're both very attractive figures to watch. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it, you're right. It hasn't caught fire. Um, and I Because I, I think the spice... The little chili flakes in the pot there, the, the final little ingredient isn't there, and it's a man by the name of John Bones Jones. It'll be so fantastic. If do you remember when obviously Ariel got in trouble for leaking the Brock Lesnar gonna be at the Daniel Cormier Stipe fight? And obviously everyone went mad and Ariel got upset. And Brock came and pushed DC and it was all exciting. It'll be so good if John is cage side for this one. And I, I don't know the relationship right now between John and, and Dana White, but if John wants to get back in the mix somehow and get his name trending, and he loves that, he you know what John's like on Twitter, just be cage side for it. Just be cage side, having a look, and just stand up when the winner gets announced and everyone will go crazy. It needs a bit of John Jones spice because the, the, the heavyweight division, apart from these two, I don't know what's going on with Stipe, obviously DC's retired, it, it, it's a bit flat. It's a bit flat for me, and I, I don't know. It needs an injection. You're right. No better injection than John Jones. You mentioned the co-main event, and it is a good one. Obviously, a trilogy between Brando, Rome, sorry Moreno, and Everson Figueredo. Um, are you going Moreno again to get this done, or Figueredo? Figueredo massive for the weight, by the way. I have no idea how he makes that weight, but he makes it. It's going to be a good one again between those two. It is. Look, it's a brilliant fight, and I'm just really looking forward to it. But my focus is on the heavyweights. I think go either way that fight, of course. And, you know, they, they're, they're both brilliant, uh, fast, um, rounded fighters. But, you know, can I just take you back a minute to... Um, I, I only just realised this. I just looked up John Jones' record, Eddie. And yeah. um, next month, John won't have fought for two years. Yeah? Yeah, so, that's correct. Uh, and so... You know, he's had problems. He is, he and Conor McGregor are still the two biggest stars in the UFC on yeah. the books. Yeah. Um, and Conor McGregor's been out now for a long time. And John Jones has been out for a long time. So in terms of stardom, we're dealing with... Um, what have we got, really? I'm say tier two fighters. Yeah, yeah no, they're Israel not, there's so many brilliant fighters. Yeah, is yeah. He? Israel Adesanya, yeah. he, he, he's a big crossover star. Nate, but maybe. Yeah, they, they do, but but they aren't, you know, Adesanya is genuinely a big star, actually. I, I, I'm, it's remiss of me not to put his name in there because he is extraordinary and there's mm. much more to come from him. And it was a mistake, in my view, for him to go up to light heavyweight. But, um, you know, but it's uh, it's a funny one. And, and and I think the UFC, and that's my big theme for today, get, get Conor McGregor and get Jon Jones back because there's something missing without them. Indeed. Uh, very quickly on this one, Gareth, just before we we move on and get the special guest in after the break, um, Francis Ngannou, obviously, look, he's been going back and forth with the UFC, saying he wants more money. Uh, he's obviously, you know, spoken about a Tyson Fury fight, and look, they've said they'll happily take the fight. I mean, if he loses, or even if he wins, if he is there a chance he says, you know what, we're done? I mean, I mean, could this be his last fight? You mentioned his age there as well. Could this be his last fight in the UFC? Could he pursue this boxing career and maybe get what he calls real money for some big fights in boxing? Well, I don't think Dana White's come out publicly spoken about the, the contract, has he? About no, whether they're he going to allow Cyril, uh, whether they're going to allow Francis to box within his career as well. And I'm sure if they were involved, they'd have cut a bit. They would because they're a business. Mm. You know, 
we're talking about sports here, but we've got to remember it. And we go back to the very top of the show today, Dillian White and Tyson Fury. Yes, it's a sport, but it's also a business. Um, no, I don't think he walks away anytime soon. He's not, I don't think he's damaged in any way. He hasn't been through kind of terrible wars at all. Um, no, I don't think he leaves anytime soon. I think he'll be around for a couple more years yet, but I do get a sense that he wants that boxing allowance within his contract to know that he can cross codes in the next couple of years because I don't think he'll be around much longer than the next 24, 30 months. Agreed. Agreed indeed. Should be a good one though. UFC 270 champion versus champion uh, Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Garn. All right, this is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. When we come back, we're joined by a very, very special guest. We'll be joined by MVP, Mr. Michael Venom-Page. Big result for MVP, avenging his only pro loss, earning the split decision win over Douglas Lima. But it did not come without some controversy. Many believing Lima did enough over the final two rounds to come away with the decision. No, so far I won it. Whoever said Lima won's an idiot. <laughs> so I would love to run that back. I'm petty. I know. I know. <laughs> The few more things, and I, I push him right over the edge, and he, you know he doesn't get back up. It can come back. Sandoval runs into the jumping, and it's over. Did the hype train just pick up speed? Because it didn't derail. Wow! I wanna be the very best, like no one ever was. Yeah, this is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. I said we got a special guest and in the MMA world. It doesn't get much special than this man, does it? Michael Venom-Page uh, joins us now, coming off that really good win, the revenge win against Douglas Lima back at Bellator 2-2-1 in September. Um, sorry, October, apologies. Um, Michael Venom-Page joins us. Michael, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, big one coming up for you, 13th of May, uh, against Jaroslav Amosov. It's the one that a lot of people have been asking for, to be fair. We want to see what you've got against him. Uh, how excited are you to fight, not just for the title, and that's a big thing, obviously, but to fight in front of your home fans once again? I always, always enjoy, you know, the home fan uh, crowd. I always put on a show here. It's just great atmosphere. I think, to be fair, I don't think... Uh, Bellator can do any better than me and me in London. Seriously, we, we, we really show up. And I know, especially after that last one, uh, it's, it's only going to keep getting better like that. Um, well, Michael, it's lovely to speak to you as always. I'm delighted that you've got the title shot. Um, it's London. As you say, you're 6-0 in London. Uh, you avenged defeat. I was there, obviously, on the night on October the 1st last year um, against Douglas Lima, where you made history and also changed Bellator's thinking on having five-round fights. We all wanted two more rounds. We spoke to you afterwards. You said, I would have happily gone two more rounds. You said you'd happily fight Lima next, but mm. you've got a stylistic challenge against Amosov because he's a very difficult type of fighter, isn't he? Yeah, no, 100%. But I feel like, you know, every every fight, it changes. Every fight is, is, is different. You have to get used to the adaptation and your game and what you can and can't do and, and then start drilling certain things into your into your habit. So you do it through your conscious first and then hopefully it breaks into your subconscious so you're not over, overthinking on the night. Um, but, yeah, he's an amazing talent. Uh, you can just tell by his record. You can tell by what he's doing. You can tell by the last fight he had with Douglas Lima. Um it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a challenge I'm looking, I'm looking forward to. Um, you, you know when you, you said there you have to adapt to different styles, what about your own style and the update, adaptations that you've made since coming into Bellator? Obviously you've been in Bellator for a long time and when you first came it was obviously very exciting and the high 
the high, you know, the high excitement, the flying kicks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you kind of toned that down a little bit now. Did you feel like you had to as soon as you really stepped up to the highest level? No, not really. It's just that it depends on what um, what things present itself. I don't like to waste mm. waste shots. So, although I can do all the flashy kicks and stuff, I'm not doing it in in, in front of people. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to land them. And obviously, you know, when 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 the talent is uh, increases, people give you fewer chances to kind of to, to kind of land those kind of those opportunities. But they're still there. And you know, if somebody makes that one mistake, which anybody at any level can. They, 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 you will still still see those things, Michael. What's the process now? I mean, we're obviously, you know, it's just been announced, and um, it's four months to the fight. Um, you'll have seen, obviously, the Douglas Lima fight and the Logan Story fight and the Ed Ruth fight, and the David Rickles fight, Eric Silver, Joe Harris. You can go back through all the fights. What's the process for you at London Shoot Fighters with the team and yourself? Do you, obviously you've got your own style, but do you sit there and analyze gaps in the door that you will see? You, you always work out these amazing moves and things that you know can end a fight. What's the process that you go through uh, yourself and with the team at London Shoot Fighters looking for those opportunities that you might work on, the moves that you might work on? I personally don't. Um, I leave that down to the coaches. They are experts in kind of analyzing their opponents, experts in game plan. For me, uh, I just have to keep doing my job, which is improving as a mixed martial artist. That is it, really. And then what it is, is once I'm given the game plan and I get told with that, the do's and do nots based on my style. So it's like, yeah, within your style, what you could have gotten away, you know, when you, when you do this move, you could have gotten away with that in your last fight, but in this fight, I don't want that. And I want you circling this way from now on, and I want you doing this from now on. And it's just slight adaptations because of the, the, you know, the difference in opponent. But again, I always say to people, my style is very, you know, is, is un, near enough unseen. Uh, very few people are doing it. So very few people have uh, training partners that can replicate what I do. So I am the problem, and I am the a Rubik's Cube, so to speak, when you're in there. So they have more adjustments to make um, when, you know, when, when fighting me. Um, for me, again, it's just being a bit of martial, mixed martial artist and it just allows me to do uh, more of what MVP does so when he's in the cage. Michael, I want to quickly move away from that. You were obviously involved in your own big fight uh, last year of Douglas Lima. You are also involved in a fight that I was really excited about last year, and that was Bouncer versus Arms Corleone. Everyone yeah. was excited about it. <laughs> you were knees deep in it as well, in the build-up and the training of Arms. What would you make of those type of fights? Like, Look, the fight itself didn't play out the way we wanted to. It wasn't that exciting, but the build-up was really exciting. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's, it's good for the culture. For me, more, mm, yeah. that, that one there is trying to train, you know, because that has that, those, those viewers, uh, it acts as a certain age group, acts as a certain type of mentality of, of like, so it's youngers that are on the streets right now. Yeah. And I think it's more a case of letting these guys know there's different ways to handle things. We can have, all can have disagreements. Great. We can all have um, arguments. We don't need to go out there and, you know, what's happening now, there's a lot of stabbings and so on and so forth in London. We don't need to do that. Mm. We can not only settle our disagreement, but also make money and think more like entrepreneurs 
And regardless of actually being best friends afterwards, you know, the beef is settled, you know, yeah, or, yeah. You, you know, you might want to uh, organize to do another one. And so on and so forth. What I'm saying is you just got to change. You're just trying to change those mindsets. And I love to be a part of uh, things like that. Yeah, I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It really was. And look, good luck in your fight, Ferdinand. But mate, so far away. Fingers crossed that no injuries to both of you. And we really get this one on because I think it's fantastic for mixed martial arts in London to see you headlining. As you say, you're the man when it comes to fights in London. So good luck with that fight, Thanks. mate. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.